Ephesians chapter 1, I'll be there in a moment. We return to the series I started last Sunday evening on the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And believers are, by God's grace, we know this, right? By God's grace, indwelt by the Holy Spirit. As wonderful as that is, I don't think we think about it enough sometimes. We, we tend to forget about it or gloss over this truth. This is for our good, that we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit. In fact, the Holy Spirit's help is absolutely necessary, and I pointed to that this morning. The Spirit's help is absolutely necessary for obedience, to bring glory to God. We need His help. The Holy Spirit's presence in you is also for God's glory. That's a powerful encouragement to us, too, that that the Holy Spirit is not just there to correct us or teach us, but also to help us bring honor and glory to God with the way that we live. And when God saves you, when God takes up residence you by, in you by way of His Holy Spirit, He intends to not leave you the way He found you. And many of us can look back over the years and realize, God has been changing me for years and years. He is not leaving me the way He found me. And we ought to be thankful for that. You bring praise and you bring honor and glory to God when you yield to the work of the Holy Spirit with the Word of God, changing your thinking, your, uh, your motives, your actions, your desires, your conduct, your speech. Now you bring praise and glory and honor to God when you, when you change for God's glory, when you change according to the Scriptures. And this first truth that we noted last week, which God's Word makes clear in the, in the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, points to this truth that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. The moment you put your trust in Jesus as Savior, God the Holy Spirit moves in and takes up residence and what we talked about last time was this, that, that not only should we take seriously that, that we have the Holy Spirit, we can't hide anything from the Holy Spirit because He takes up residence in us, but we ought to desire to make this temple a place that is fit for the Holy Spirit. So we ought to, we ought to want to live our lives in a way that does glorify God and does please the Lord. That word temple is helpful in helping us think in terms that way. Uh, it's not just a dwelling place, not just a home. It's a temple of the Holy Spirit. Uh, let's uh, think about the passage that I pointed you to last week when it says in 1 Corinthians six nineteen and 20, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So there in the 1 Corinthians 6 passage, Paul is exhorting the Christians at Corinth to flee from sexual immorality. And in doing so, he points to this truth of the indwelling presence in the life of every believer. In the, in the, uh, how wonderful it is to have the Holy Spirit. And yet we can quench the Holy Spirit if we're not devoted to being obedient to what God's Word says. And so here's this challenge uh, to the believers at Corinth to pay attention to God's desire for you. Resist sexual temptations 
is a very clear and powerful message from this passage. And then this, so glorify God in your body. Why? Because your body is the temple of the living Holy Spirit in you. And that, in, uh, that truth is absolutely still intended for believers today. That's intended for you and me today. Believer, your body is the temple of the living God. That's overwhelming to stop and ponder and to think about. And we ought to give that some thought and pondering. Your whole life, God wants to, have, to see your whole life honoring Him, glorifying Him. Doing so with your body, doing so with your mind, doing so with your actions, with your thoughts, with your speech. Honor God with your obedience so that your body will be a suitable temple for the Holy Spirit and so that your life will shine the light on who God is and how great and mighty He is. That was last week. Now tonight I want to continue our look at what the Bible uh, tells us about the work of the Holy Spirit. And again, we're thinking about the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer. And so I sent you to Ephesians chapter 1. Follow along as I read, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version, beginning at verse 1, Ephesians 1. I'm going to read several verses here. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to the saints who are in Ephesus, and are faithful in Christ Jesus, grace to you, And peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him. In love He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, through the praise of his glorious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved, that's Christ, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us, the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. And then verse 11 says, in him, again, this is Christ. And do you notice all these in him, in him, in him, it's in Christ We have these blessings in him. We have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And let me just put that exclamation point on that thought, because that, again, goes back to what I've been saying that God wants our lives to bring him great glory. And that will bring you great joy when that's true of you. And now verses 13 and 14, and this is where we're going to focus our attention tonight. Verse 13, In him you also, 
when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the, uh, the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. There it is again, to the praise of his glory. So here's the next truth I want you to think about, I want you to see, and I want you to think about this week as I challenge you and encourage you to think about the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. The Holy Spirit in the life of the believer seals you in Christ. You are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. That's an important truth. And that ought to encourage you. And I want to help, help you think about this in encouraging ways. So think about this. That's what we've been hearing here in, the, in verses 13 and 14, that, that you are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit of God. But what does that mean that if you're a believer in Jesus, you are sealed, you're sealed with the promised Holy Spirit? Look at verse 13 again. It says, and I made a point of emphasizing this. It says, in him. That's Jesus. And leading up to verse 13, you saw all those wonderful spiritual blessings that are yours through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just go back. Verse 3 says, uh, talking of the Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. Verse 4, even as he chose you, cho- chose us in him, in Christ. Moving on to verse uh, 6, we see in the beloved. That's like saying in him, in the beloved, in Christ. And then verse 7 starts with in him we have redemption through his blood and forgiveness of our trespasses. This is such a rich and powerful passage that ought to encourage you as you read this. And then in verse 9, in Christ, again, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. Then verse 11 starts with, in him. How much of your salvation was dependent upon you? (laughs) John, John says, zero. None of your salvation was dependent upon you. Do you know what you brought? You, well, you brought something. <laughs> you, you brought nothing to earn your salvation. Everything you brought was the baggage we call sin. But in Christ, in Christ, and here we see this wonderful truth as we progress through that passage and see all these spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ. And I would encourage you to think about those words in this passage. But as I focus on this thought, I want you to think about this. In Christ, it's because of Christ and it's because of the Holy Spirit, you are sealed in Christ. That is not your doing That is God's doing. It is because of the work that Jesus finished on the cross and the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit who seals you in Christ. So in him, when you heard the word of truth, what's that? The the text tells us it's the gospel, the gospel of your salvation and believed in him. What happened then? Verse 13 says, you were sealed, sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So again, 
What does this mean for us? Think about this. What does this mean that when you trusted in Jesus, you were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit? And there are two truths that I want you to think about that, that we can really uh, pull from this thought and this truth. This first truth is that the seal of the Holy Spirit means you belong to Jesus. You belong to Christ. You are His. Now I know, in the flesh, we don't want to belong to anybody. In the flesh, we want to do what we want to do. We want to be our own boss. We want to be the ruler of our life. That's in the flesh. But it is not a bad thing to belong to Jesus, to be His. It is in fact, an overwhelmingly very good thing. Why? Because it means that he will keep you for all eternity. That's what it means to be sealed with the promised Holy Spirit in Christ. You are Christ. You belong to Jesus. And he will keep you. Ephesians 4 and verse 30 points to this seal and belonging to the Lord when it says this, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We, we uh, touched on this passage last week, but I want to go to it again and think about it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So if you are sealed with the Holy Spirit, that means you ought to be able to rest assured that you belong to Christ and that he will keep you for the day of redemption. He will not let you go. He will keep you. Yes, a guarantee. Elsewhere in Romans 8, 9, we also hear this truth, which is a reminder that if you have the Holy Spirit, you belong to Christ. Romans 8, 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone, and here's, here it is stated negatively, Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to Him. So we can reverse that and say, so if you have the Spirit of Christ in you, you belong to Him. You're His. And that's a wonderful truth. The implication there is that if you have the Spirit, you are Christ. And He is going to keep you. John 14, 16 also points to this permanence of the sealing by the Holy Spirit, sealing in Christ by the Holy Spirit. John 14, 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. We know he's talking about the Holy Spirit here. He will give you another helper to be with you. Do you know what the next word is? Forever. To be with you forever. You are sealed in Christ by way of the Holy Spirit's presence in you. Here's the second truth. The Holy Spirit is the down payment on a promise. It's that guarantee. The Holy Spirit is a down payment on a promise. If you want to think of it that way, look at verse 14 again here in Ephesians 1. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of His glory. The Holy Spirit's presence in you 
in your life is a guarantee of your inheritance, your eternal inheritance in Christ. So if you're a believer in Jesus, you have been sealed with God the Holy Spirit, and this is a guarantee of your inheritance in Christ. And think of this, a guarantee that we talked about it this morning, God chooses to forget your sins. It's not like he can't remember, but he chooses not to remember. When he forgives your sins, he chooses to forget your sins, and he guarantees your sins will not be held against you. You have forgiveness of sins. You have eternal life. I often like to think of that this way. Uh, We often think of eternal life as beginning after death, but your eternal life has already begun. (laughs) If you're in Christ, your eternal life has already begun. Start living like it, right? That's what God wants us to, to realize. He wants us to live in such a way that we have the Holy Spirit of God working in us. Now we ought to begin living that wonderful eternal life that God has promised us. And we are sealed because we are sealed in Christ. And we find this truth in 2 Corinthians 1 and verse 22 also. And who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our hearts as a guarantee. A guarantee. The Holy Spirit of God present in you is a guarantee that God will keep his promise to you. You are his, and he is not going to let you go. What's so wonderful about the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit is that it's It's like a first installment of all of the blessings of God. Think of that. Being sealed by the Holy Spirit, it's like a first down payment. It's like a first installment of all the blessings of God that will be yours for all of eternity. Now, with that, let me give you a warning. (laughs) Because I've just given you every reason for confidence. And God wants you to be confident. That he, he wants you to realize you are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. But let me give you this warning. Always remember that God wants you to feel secure in Him. God doesn't want you to feel secure in anything else. Our inclination is to search for security in possessions and accomplishments and relationships and material things And yet God says, no, no, no. If you pursue those things, if you make that your pursuit of satisfaction and contentment and security, you are going to feel empty. You are going to be empty. Always remember that God wants you to feel secure in him, but he doesn't want you to feel secure in anything else. We need him. It's the point I tried to make this morning when I got to the end of the message and I gave you the bad news that you could not obey. We could not please God without His help. And He offers His help. He gives us His Holy Spirit. He gives us His Word. And we can obey with His help, by His power. If you put your hope for future security in anything but Christ, you're going to feel insecure. And that's by God's design. He wants you to be secure in Him. If you will rest in what is yours, 
with the confidence that God gives you by way of his word and his work, by way of his spirit, if you will rest in the promise that you are sealed in Christ, sealed by the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit of God, if you will rest in the guarantee of your eternal inheritance, then you will always rest secure in Christ. And you will be able to face all kinds of circumstances that in your humanity you might say, I don't want that. I don't want to be anywhere near that. I can't take that. I can't deal with that. But if your hope is in Christ, He is with you to help you. And He is with you to help you remain confident that He will never leave you because you are sealed in Christ by the Holy Spirit. And that, I think, is a wonderful truth. And I want to encourage you and challenge you to think about that this week. Think about the fact that if you're in Christ, you're sealed by the Holy Spirit in Christ. And so the work of the Holy Spirit is to seal you, seals the believer in Christ.